Okay, so for those of you that have osteoarthritis, whether you're kind of right in the beginning, mild stages, or have been dealing with osteoarthritis for a while, but maybe have really enjoyed weightlifting in your past, or maybe have enjoyed using barbells in your training, or even have been an ex-power lifter and want to look into start getting starting to get back into some of those things, you will love today's episode. So I have with me Derek Miles from Barbell Medicine. He's a physical therapist and I'll have him tell you much more about it. But what we're going to talk about today is how we can kind of mix barbell training and more of a strength training with osteoarthritis, because it's something that's not talked about frequently, uh, but it is so possible and can be very, very beneficial. We know that strength is important. And so loading into a heavier fashion is a little bit trickier with osteoarthritis, but can be done. So we are going to be talking all about heavier things and osteoarthritis today. You're listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. Do you want to learn how to live an active life with osteoarthritis? Hear inspiring stories from others just like you and find out the best ways to naturally tackle joint pain. This podcast has you covered. There are so many possibilities that your healthcare provider may not be telling you about and surgery isn't always the answer. This podcast is not medical advice. Now, here's your host, Doctor of Physical Therapy and Osteoarthritis Specialist, Alyssa Kewen. And so, Derek, if you just want to kind of give the listener a little rundown of who you are, kind of a little bit about barbell medicine, because I thought that was super interesting, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so I am Derek Miles, a physical therapist in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm affiliated with Barbell Medicine, where our overall mission statement really is bringing best evidence for physical activity to the masses. And it is kind of evolved from working with mostly or strictly barbell athletes into more general population. We still certainly have a penchant towards people who want to pick up barbells, but as I'm sure we'll discuss through this, there is no best exercise out there. And if you really want to facilitate getting people more active and feeling better, it's meeting them where they're at, no matter what implement they choose to do with which to get active. Sure, absolutely. And I think that that's really powerful because I know that whoever is listening or watching this YouTube video right now, maybe in current joint pain or kind of starting to get back into exercise and thinking there's no way I could lift something heavy or, you know, go under a barbell or anything like that right now. Um, And so like we were talking about before, so we know that strength is important for osteoarthritis. And I always like to kind of get other perspectives on this, but as far as strengthening, how, if maybe we could share first, like a patient story, or maybe just like a success story of somebody that you can think about that either has osteoarthritis or just chronic joint pain of how you were maybe able to incorporate like barbell training and strength training, and maybe what they were able to accomplish afterwards. Yes, certainly. Um, I have an athlete right now who I've been working with for a while, and it has grown from what I would consider rehab into full-on training. Um, Middle-aged woman with uh, hip and SI arthritis diagnosis was really worried about starting to get active, but knew she wanted to do something really with the goal of being able to play with her grandkids. And 
we started, I think part of the issue when we talk about barbell training is in most people's minds, they picture 135 pounds sure. as the starting point. Right. And they forget that there are a lot of training implements. There are ways to scale down. And with her, we started with a, a basic goblet squat to a box and got to where she was able to tolerate doing some sets without issue. And we always kind of have this, um, limiting factor between symptoms and conditioning, because a lot of what we run into, especially with individuals with an arthritis diagnosis or joint pain is you, you've been told you can't do one thing. So you stop doing that and then told another thing and another thing. And before you know it, you're not active because right. everyone's told you, you can't really do anything. So a, a lot of the mission is kind of um, getting out of that painted corner and seeing that you can move in different ways. Sure. So, Part of the fun, especially at barbell training, I think with a lot of traditional rehab exercises, it's really hard to discern progress beyond uh, a specialist looking at you and saying you're moving better, which is entirely subjective. Right. But uh, 10 pounds is 10 pounds. So if we get you squatting 65 pounds to 75 pounds, that's quantifiable progress. Right. And I think that's good, especially for people to see as you start getting better, because the other part is, you know, we look at our physical activity guidelines, 150 minutes, a moderate level cardio strengthening twice a week. And depending on the study, best case scenario, 20% of people are hitting that's with or without arthritis. So just moving that needle a little bit more active, no matter what it is, tends to be beneficial. And it's cool because we have some studies showing that Basically, if you meet physical activity guidelines, the odds of you developing any chronic disease is staved off an additional 10 years. Yeah. Um, So for her to to circle back, because I'm going to get tangential, um, (laughs) we started out with a 25 pound goblet squat to an 18 inch box. And I think last week, her last session, she was squatting 195 for a set of five. Yeah. and this kind of gets into the, like, how do we define what is hard? Because when we're talking about loading or strengthening or hard, they're all pretty subjective and right. it's all relative to the person itself. And if you're training and you're being active, it never really gets quote unquote easy. It's just, there's a lot more weight on the bar yeah. for what constitutes hard, but there is a translation of that into, you know, if you're, doing a kettlebell deadlift with 35 pounds, odds are taking your 40 pound bag of trash to the curb is difficult. If you're doing a deadlift with 400 pound bar or 400 pounds on the bar, odds are that bag of trash isn't really a challenge. So it really is about increasing capacity. Right. And I do think that there absolutely is kind of, and I'm sure that you've seen this as well, um, especially with arthritis, primarily in the hip, I've noticed mostly, but the joints can be very sensitive and that there's kind of a fine line between like challenging enough and then kind of overdoing it. Um, is there kind of a specific way that you kind of set that up for the patient of kind of the expectations of like, okay, you should, you know, expect a little bit of discomfort, but like if we get into, you know, higher levels, then maybe we should modify sort of thing. How do you typically kind of discern that? I know it's probably going to depend patient to patient, but. 
Yeah, there's a few ways we can approach it. I, I tend to use the window analogy of, you know, whenever we have something going on like this, we have pretty tight margins on what we can tolerate. Right. If we don't do enough, we're going to continue to get deconditioned. But if we do too much, we're going to start bouncing into symptoms. And it's okay. It just tells us where our constraints are. Right. And our goal really is to open up that window as we get more into training. And we tend to favor rate of perceived exertion is our way of managing intensity. And okay. I think that's something that gets lost a lot in exercise prescription discussions because it'll be three sets of 10 at 45 pounds. Cool. But if I don't know how hard that was for the person in front of me, I don't know whether I need to progress it or not. Exactly. And do you want to explain what the rating of perceived exertion is real quick? So there's different ways you can anchor it. According to the literature, it's mostly from a strength training community. It's a zero to 10 scale where zero is the easiest activity ever intends maximum effort. It can be framed a couple of different ways. Um, some people will use reps in reserve to where an RPE nine means you could do one more rep. An RPE eight means you could do two more reps. But I think there's some nuance in the symptomatic population to where we often change that could word to should because there's leaves you a little bit wider margins. If you said, should I do two more reps versus could I do two more reps? Okay. And I think you're likely familiar with this in your population as well. You have some individuals that if you give them a workout, they're going to go do it come hell or high water, whether they're yeah. symptomatic or not. <laughs> and other ones where it may be, you need to facilitate a little bit more and say, you can push more into this. And right. I think I'm sure this has come up on your podcast in numerous iterations. It, it goes way beyond the joint at this point. And we're talking about the personality of the person. And I think rate of perceived exertion also turns the intensity conversation into kind of a self-reflective thing to where you get to ask yourself, like, could I do more or should I do more depending on which way we're kind of slanting the discussion. Right. And I think that, I mean, that's definitely, one, I think of the barriers, even to just kind of getting into some strength things because people are scared. Like they're worried that like they're going to cause more damage and going to, you know, hurt their joint even further. And I think that stems back from kind of the primary conversation from the diagnosis and things like that. So I found even just kind of building that confidence first of just kind of like with the goblet spot that you mentioned, and then like working slowly up. Cause I'm sure that that woman that you mentioned in the beginning, if you were to say, okay, we're going to end, you know, doing, you know, a squat with 195 in a few weeks, she probably would have been like, there's no way I can do any of that. And so I think that confidence comes with that intensity too. Um, and I think that that's really important because some people, like I have to kind of push some people to say, okay, maybe we should kind of up the weights after you've been using, you know, five or 10 or 15 pound dumbbells for the past, you know, two weeks, like maybe we should up it a little bit. And so I think that's where kind of the importance of having like a physical therapist or someone helping to guide you through movement, just to kind of say, okay, this can be like a little bit of a nudge forward. I think you're ready to kind of bump up. And I'm sure that you experienced that too. All the time. And yeah. <laughs> I think a, a lot of it really isn't coming upon us to normalize picking up heavy things. Yeah. Um, I, my slant at this point in my career is a little bit more towards youth resistance training. And okay. I can 
definitely quote up and down. It is perfectly safe for adolescents. Kids should be resistance training and it really does set you up for very good outcomes later in life. But there's a host of research on staving off osteopenia, on reducing risk of chronic disease. But I think we're still fighting this uphill battle of this narrative that you're going to wear out your joint or that you're going to hurt yourself when in reality, you're going to make yourself more resilient. Right. So I will share videos of people over 70 deadlifting and people under 16 squatting for all of eternity, because <laughs> I think people need to see that all the time. And, yes, and know that it's achievable. Of. Yeah, right. Because I think that especially when you throw like a diagnosis of, you know, arthritis and things like that. I mean, I think the expectation people have for kind of their future and their ability to get stronger and things like that just becomes so small that it just can be really hard to kind of pull out of that. Um, and I think that that can be one of the limiting things that are holding a lot of people back, which is why I also share lots of different things because it's like these things are possible. We just kind of have to have the right steps in order to get there. Um, and then, so when we're talking about, let's say, um, starting to kind of get into barbell training, say, you know, someone has kind of mastered some of the body weight type things like a, a goblet squat with a little bit of weight or without just a regular squat, um, primarily with like knee or hip osteoarthritis. Um, what are some kind of modifications that you use? You mentioned a box squat. Are there any other kind of modifications you can kind of pull from the top of your head that you typically like to explore with people maybe with knee or hip osteoarthritis? Yeah, there's a host. Um, I'll go deadlift first. And a lot of this kind of depends on the equipment you're working with. But most of the time we will start people either with a Romanian deadlift where the bar is starting up and you're going down to the ground um, because you'll get individuals that just have trouble getting in that start position. Mm -hmm. And then you can relegate it to them self-selecting their range of motion as well. And you can also do this and make it a little bit more quantifiable by pulling off blocks. So okay. in a standard lifting gym, um, you'll have two inch, four inch, six inch, six inch blocks that you can set the bar on and it's basically meant to decrease the range of motion. It also is a really good way of quantifying progress because if we start out with 65 pounds, eight inches off the ground and we moved uh, 65 pounds, two inches off the ground, well, we haven't increased the weight here, but we have another quantifiable metric to where you see sure. it moving more. Um, with squats, you can do it a host of ways. If you were in a traditional powerlifting gym and, and I'm going to sidebar here because I think a lot of people are like scared to go to powerlifting gyms because all you see right. is like the typical bro meathead. And <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's one of the most welcoming places around. There's a great article that I would recommend to anyone um, that kind of teeters between endurance training and resistance training called How the Other Half Lifts. And it talks about the community of the resistance training society. So okay. if you think about it, in terms of endurance training, if I go out for a run with someone who's faster than me, we're basically running the same trail by ourselves, but it doesn't matter if I'm deadlifting 600 pounds and you're deadlifting 135 pounds, we're standing side by side, taking breaks in between sets and get to talk. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually so, have an interesting podcast of, I talked with someone, um, she's in her sixties and power lifts all the time. And she talks kind of a little bit about that community and that it's very welcoming. And, you know, even though she's lifting next to people who are, you know, much younger, that it definitely is very inclusive, which is awesome. 
Yeah, and I think that makes a huge difference out of it. Oh, and totally. So kind of back to the, the squat side of it. If you're in a powerlifting gym and they actually have power racks, one of the easiest way of doing it is pin squats. So the holes in the squat rack itself, you they have safeties and you can set pins at those safety heights and then track the holes as you get into increased range of motion. Uh, it's also good, especially for a novice lifter, because it gives you a little bit of safety net. Right. Like, oh, so, if I have to let this go, then, you know, I have something that I can just kind of come down. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also a host of bar implements. Um, some people will tolerate a safety squat bar better. Um, and that's with the everyone. bar, like around your, the bars come like kind of on your shoulders. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. And then not everyone needs to low bar back squat. Um, there you can high bar, you can front squat, you know, there's a thousand ways to approach the problem. And especially for someone with hip OA, kind of the cool part about powerlifting gyms is it's basically designed to be a PT's dream because they're just typically so many different implements with which to load your lower extremities. So right. odds are you're going to find a belt squat machine. You're going to find a leg press. You're going to find a knee extension hamstring curl machine. So you're not limited to just squat bench deadlift. And especially with something like uh, symptomatic arthritis to where we're trying to work on just getting more active. Sometimes we don't need to grind actually often. We don't need to grind that high intensity early on. We need to kind of approach it from several different ways. And then if somebody wants to take their squat up, we can pare down those things into an SPD type workout. Right. Right. And I think that's also important that you mentioned that even just, I mean, yes, like barbell training is one type of training, but also there are other ways to kind of load things using machines and then also dumbbells, um, kind of changing up some things. Are there any specific movements that you typically like to use with dumbbells? Um, it depends on the individual and kind of what their goals are. I like having people do step-ups because you can control the descent out of it and get a little bit more of the eccentric side. Mm -hmm. I think, um, especially in, and I'm going to give a very broad definition of older, that's me inclusive, um, individuals over 25, you just <laughs> don't see a lot of fast movements anymore. And really it's almost like we finish college and we decide that we're done being an athlete and we're going to yeah. become this very narrow subset of yes. specialists. Yeah. And so Things with dumbbells where you can go a little bit quicker or like kettlebells are great because you can get some power out of it as yes. well and really work on things like rate of force development, explosivity, and emphasize that broader athletic spectrum. And once again, like you've had this diagnosis and you've been told, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And you're painted into a corner. Well, at some point the paint's got to dry. We've got to get out and walk on it a little bit. And right then we might even want to do like get out and try and run on it a little bit and do some things that are a little bit more fast and athletic. Yes. And I think that is so important because I think one of the most common things I hear from people just from conversations with medical professionals or just kind of family friends, like everything has to be slow and everything has to be hesitant. But then it's, once you start to build the confidence, I mean, it's 
getting kind of that permission almost to move a little bit faster. And that's where I noticed like a lot of people like want to get better at stairs. And even some people want to get back to like running and think some higher impact type things and think that they never can just because everything has to be slow. But I think power is one of the most, I want to say one of the most kind of changing kind of that perspective of, okay, I actually have the confidence to now move this weight a little bit more like in a kettlebell swing or something like that. I feel like that can be really empowering once we get to that stage of even like jumping and things like that um, can be very, very motivating to someone to say like, oh, hey, I actually have like the strength to be able to do this. And I never thought I'd be able to do it again. Um, So I think that's so important. And um, is there anything you would like to kind of wrap up with as far as kind of a tidbit or a tip or just kind of some lasting words for someone listening right now who has osteoarthritis and wants to get stronger? I would say it is a very welcome community for all. It is perfectly safe to start picking up a barbell. There are plenty of individuals out there that are more than willing to teach you how to do it. And you will likely surprise yourself with the gains you're going to make. And basically no one in the history of ever has ever said I'm too strong. So (laughs) we all have to start somewhere. And the more we can build up that strength, the more you can and like exploit it in whatever athletic or life endeavors you want to. Sure. And I totally agree. Um, There's always kind of the next goal to work toward, but you're not going to reach any of those unless you get started and take action. Um, If somebody wants to learn more about kind of you or barbell medicine or where should they go? You can go to our website, uh, barbellmedicine.com. We have a barbell medicine podcast. We teach continuing education courses. Um, Doctors Jordan Feigbaum and Austin Baraki teach, they're both physicians, teach one for general public. Michael Ray and myself teach one for more clinicians. And it really is trying to get the information out there. Um, We, once again, if you want a resistance train, we coach, I will happily work with whoever to show them that they can get stronger than what they thought they were. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you so much. I hope that the listener or the watcher definitely found some motivating factors to kind of get up and either go try a powerlifting gym or even just kind of go and find someone to help pick up some weights so they can finally feel stronger. And I just want to thank you so much for your time and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. You are very welcome. Thanks for listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. If this podcast has brought you hope and inspiration, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Also, if you're looking for more information on how to start your own arthritis adventure, head to www.keeptheadventurealive.com or follow me on YouTube by searching Alyssa Arthritis Adventure. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A, Arthritis Adventure. We'll see you next time.